0: Three, three portions of the following program may be pre recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: There is a judgment greater than. Anything you've ever known It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view the only shelter from the coming storm.
2: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. Today the word is not going to be comfortable, but it will be life-saving. There's a very simple thing that the Holy Spirit has shown me. I'm going to share that with you today. Just a word about the music at the beginning called The Coming Storm. It was sent to us by one of our listeners. I could find no other information about it. It's simply The Coming Storm. I don't know who the artist is who sings it. Many of you have said to me, we don't like that song. I don't play it because it's pleasing. Frankly, it's not pleasing. But it is true. And we need to hear it until it has sunk deeply into our hearts for there is a day of judgment coming. It is now rushing upon us. I'm going to read for you as I open a passage of scripture from Jeremiah, the 25th chapter. It is dealing specifically with the people of Israel in their rebellion against the Almighty. But, It is also about the America that we love. It is about the apostate church of America as well. I read it for you without apology. We need to hear it. We are indeed... A wicked nation and some of you after listening to this will say why is the Lord being so harsh why is he saying these things to us what have we done that we have made God so unhappy with us I'll share that with you today we have sinned in America the greatest sin that can be sinned by any people. That's not turning to prostitution or drugs. It's not perversion. The greatest sin a nation can commit is to deny almighty God to reject his authority and to scorn his precepts. Yes, perversion is a wickedness. Murdering our babies is an unbelievable wickedness. Drugs and alcohol, lying, cheating, stealing, Grasping after the world, all of that is utter wickedness and sin. But the greatest sin is to reject Almighty God, to reject his word to us, and to pretend that we are righteous and say, why would God, Speak to us in such a harsh manner. And, Pastor, why would you read such a thing to us? This can't be true, can it? Yes, it is true. God is about to intervene in America with a wave of death. Judgment is rushing upon this nation. And we deserve, as a nation everything that God is going to bring upon us. And as an apostate church in America, every judgment of God is utterly deserved. Let me read it for you. Jeremiah 25. I'm going to begin reading in verse 27. Tell them, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Drink, get drunk, and vomit, and fall to rise no more because of the sword I will send among you. But if they refuse to take the cup from your hand and drink, tell them, This is what the Lord Almighty says, You shall drink it. See, I am beginning to bring disaster on the city that bears my name, and will you indeed go unpunished? You will not go unpunished, for I am calling down a sword upon all who live on the earth, declares the Lord Almighty. Now prophesy all these words against them and say to them, The Lord will roar from on high. He will thunder from his holy dwelling and roar mightily against his land. He will shout like those who tread the grapes. Shout aloud against all who live on the earth. The tumult will respond to the ends of the earth, for the Lord will bring charges Against the nations, he will bring judgment on all mankind and put the wicked to the sword, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Look, disaster is spreading from nation to nation. A mighty storm is rising from the ends of the earth. At that time, those slain by the Lord will be everywhere, from one end of the earth to the other. There will not be mourned or gathered up or buried. They will be like refutes lying on the ground. I'm saying to you in all honesty, that which the Lord has said to me, that storm if you have eyes to see, is gathering against the entire world, but especially against America. And we are going to see disaster as we are already seeing with the weather, with disease, with crime. We're going to see death from pestilence, We have seen nothing yet. We are going to see a collapse of the almighty dollar that America has worshipped. It will be taken from us. And we will be in poverty in America. There will be famine and death. Now he speaks specifically to the church to the shepherds of God's people weep and wail you shepherds roll in the dust you leaders of the flock for your time to be slaughtered has come you will fall and be shattered like fine poverty or pottery The shepherds will have nowhere to flee, the leaders of the flock, no place to escape. Hear the cry of the shepherds, the wailing of the leaders of the flock, for the Lord is destroying their pasture. Where is the pasture? I stopped to ask. What is the pasture of the shepherds? The church, the sheep, they have been fleeced. They have been denied the truth. They have been told lies. They have been comforted in their sin. They have not turned from their unrighteousness. And so the party goes on. The social entertaining shallow, wicked church is perverted in almost every respect. It says the Lord is destroying their pasture. The peaceful meadows will be laid waste because of the fierce anger of the Lord. And I just note, the peaceful meadows are the congregation They're going to be laid waste because of the fierce anger of God. Like a lion, he will leave his lair and their land will become desolate because of the sword of the oppressor and because of the Lord's fierce anger. I pray that as these prophecies are fulfilled in our day, even as they were in the day of Jeremiah, that there will be a remnant of God's children who will repent, who will turn from their sin. I pray you will be among them. Now, I'm going to identify today a very specific sin It is the sin that has caused the trouble for God's people. It is the very heart of the problem. I turn to the Gospel of John, the fifth chapter. Jesus goes up to Jerusalem. And there, by himself, without his disciples, he walks to the sheep gate, a pool called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. I walked one day to that pool in Jerusalem. I dipped my hands into the water And I wept, seeing Jesus standing beside the pool. In that day, there was a great number of disabled people, blind and lame, paralyzed. He saw a man who had been an invalid for 38 years. And Jesus went to him and said, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I'm trying to get in, somebody else always goes down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. And so he did, healed Restored after 38 years of lying beside the pool, an invalid. The man did not know who had healed him. And when the Jews asked him, he was speechless. He said, I don't know who it was. But later, Jesus sought him out in the temple. And said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. What was this man's sin? Playing victim, putting himself first, struggling to be first. Sound familiar? Concerned only about himself, he did not try to help anyone else get in the water ahead of him. He was number one. His thoughts were continually about his dire situation. His thoughts were constantly about how can I get in that water ahead of everybody else and when he couldn't, He drifted down into depression and discouragement because self could not be first. But in his heart, his sin was to make himself first. Now, in the context, we read this. Because Jesus was doing these things, that is, healing this man on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason the Jews tried all the harder to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. And Jesus gave them this answer. Last night, I was having a mighty spiritual struggle in my soul. Yes, I still at times agonize over my own life and my own situation, and I cry out to God, And this scripture is the one he gave me to answer my cry. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Now, I want you to hear this. If you want to walk free of a wicked heart, you're going to have to make the center of your life something other than you. Do you hear me? we all from the time we were little children were told we were beautiful and wonderful and everything was owed to us and we became entitled Americans. I remember sitting in the Sunday school class being told, you are the future of America. God wants to do something wonderful in you. They were lying. I was not special, and I was not wonderful. I was an arrogant little boy who had my life centered in me, and how my brothers treated me or didn't treat me, how my mother and my father treated me or didn't treat me, how God did not give me what I wanted when I asked. And I tried to figure out, okay, how do I go get it for myself? And I determined, I am going to be a successful man in my life. I chose to be a pastor because God called me to be one at a very early age. But I did not understand that I must lay my life down And let Jesus be first in my heart and in my life. That I should not consider myself, but should consider only Jesus. That He must be first. I have people who fairly often contend with me because of this broadcast and because of what I say privately and publicly in worship service. People have been uncomfortable with my speaking as I have about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Doesn't God want me to enjoy all the wonderful things that this life can offer? No. No, he doesn't. What he wants is for me to walk like he walked. What he wants is for me to put my life aside and put Jesus' life first so that everything I do and everything I say comes through the prism of the life of Jesus Christ. We used to say, and I loved that little book the first time I read it what would Jesus do? That is an awesome question. But more important might even be what would Jesus want? And do you want what Jesus wants? Or do you want something other than what Jesus wants? And so as I deal with another person, and they want to be contentious, I'm not going to fight with them. I don't have anything to protect except the name of Jesus. I don't have anything to guard in my own life. My life has been given over. So as you have thought about today, did you make your own plans? Where you were going to go? What you were going to do? Who you were going to talk to? What accomplishments you have? What to-do list you have? Was Jesus the very center and heart of all of that? Or were you the very heart and center of all of that? When you decide how you will use the money, that has come into your hands and your responsibility? Do you think first of Jesus? Or do you think first of what will make you look good and what will satisfy you and what you want? I can tell you now, if you're a wife, your first thought must be, what would my husband want? And if you're a husband, your first thought must be, what would my wife want? Because your life is hidden in Jesus. Jesus did not come to take. Jesus came to give. Now, I want to read this passage of Scripture to you. Just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. It's my heart cry. It's my heart cry that I could honor Jesus in all that I do. Over here in in 1 John, there's another passage we need to look at quickly. I'm going to begin reading in chapter 2 of 1 John. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sin of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him, must walk as Jesus did. Must walk as Jesus did. How did Jesus walk? Jesus walked by having his life centered in the Father. He only did what the Father asked him to do. He only did what he saw the Father doing. If you're going to walk as Jesus did, then your life is going to have to be centered in the person, in the man, Jesus Christ. Your time, your money, your energy will all be centered in the person of Jesus. Now, the Lord has spoken in Jeremiah some very harsh things. These harsh things and the harsh things that I have said in reading from Jeremiah against the shepherds of our day is because the church today has not centered itself in the person of Jesus. We have centered in our own ambition, in our own desires, in our own plans. And Jesus says, No. He says, weep and wail, you shepherds. Roll in the dust, you leaders of the flock. He's speaking about pastors in America. For your time to be slaughtered has come. You will fall and be shattered like fine pottery. The shepherds will have nowhere to flee. The leaders of the flock, no place to escape. Why? Because they are self-centered. They are serving themselves. They are living their comfortable American lifestyle. They are driving their beautiful BMWs and Mercedes. They are living the life of the rich and the famous. They are not laying their life down for the sheep. They have taught the sheep lies that they can sin and still enter the kingdom of God. They have not taught holiness and righteousness. They have not rebuked for sin. some of you who listen to this broadcast get angry with me and quickly turn the broadcast off I understand why it's not a comfortable word hear the cry of the shepherds the wailing of the leaders of the flock for the Lord is destroying their pastures the Lord is going to destroy the churches of America Some of you have foolishly decided that you're going to simply watch church online. That's not church. Some of you have decided that you're going to just have your family together and you're going to call that church. That's not church either. Church is where the people of God are brought together and Jesus Christ made the sinner. And in obedience to his commands, they give their lives over to him and they make him first. I've had people angrily cut me off Because I've told them that if they are just ministering to their family and they are preaching to their family, they're not raising Christian children. If you want to have your family worship, you need to. I have family worship every morning. Family worship is not church. Church is where the people of God gather together. So invite others. If you have a small gathering in your home, be certain you have invited your neighbors and you have invited others so that it's not just an insular group. It's not just you, Papa, speaking to your family. But be bold and go after the lost and the dying. The church is a place of resurrection life. It's a place where sinners are brought and where they become repentant of their sin and they turn from it. The church is the place of salvation where God can move among his people. It's not some little secluded group hidden away, insular, just my family and nobody else. That's not church. That's family worship. You need to belong to a church. Cry out to God and ask him to show you where to go to be at church. But be sure you're going to a place that is honest and faithful to the word, where sin is rebuked, where you are told you must not be the center of your life, but Jesus Christ must be the very center, and he is to be obeyed and worshiped. And you are not to pretend that you are a Christian when you are the center of your life. I wish I could have learned this. I wish I could learn it in a way that it would forever be true. I've been praying that through, saying, Lord, there have been times when I've been the center of my life and I've done what I wanted to do and I've been very destructive to those around me because... I wanted what I wanted, and I was wrong, and I've had to repent. The church does not belong to you or to me. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. It is his body. And if you're not in a church, run, run, find a church in the name of Jesus Christ where a straight word is taught. It doesn't matter how far you have to go or what hardship or expense you have to go to, but find a church. One man, when David Wilkerson was alive, could not find a church. So he and his family loaded in a van and drove to Manhattan, New York, every Sunday. And he was a deacon in the Times Square Church under David Wilkerson. And when asked, why are you driving so far? You must leave very early. He said, yes, it takes us five hours to drive in and five hours to drive back. He said, I have to be where the word of God is lifted up. And my father in the faith was Pastor David Wilkerson. We must go where we need to go to hear straight, honest word of God, where we can be confronted with the truth. Many of you are going to churches where you are not confronted with the truth, where there is no cutting edge of repentance, there are no arrows of the Holy Spirit piercing your heart. You're comfortable. You're fat and happy. But once in a while, you like to tune in and hear what Pastor Ray's up to. I feel very sorry for you. If you're listening to this broadcast, I'm asking you to repent, to get right with Jesus. And not hide out in your home to watch the television and call that church. Not to hide out in your home with your family and call that church. But find a church of godly people with a godly pastor. No matter what the expense. Even if you have to drive five hours like this brother did. He was a plumber. Five hours one way. Ten hours to go to worship. Why? He was hungry for the word of God. He couldn't find a place to worship closer. Oh, my brother, my sister. The day of judgment is rushing upon us. And we are accountable before almighty God for what we're going to do. you are accountable and will go to judgment but I want to speak one word of comfort I believe that before the Lord roars from on high and destroys America before he destroys the church I believe the godly people will be brought together in joyous Celebration with Jesus Christ. And they will be protected from the enemy. And they will be protected from the wrath of God that's about to fall upon America. I pray you're one of those that the Lord will direct into that place of safety into that place of resurrection power, into that place where the almighty God of heaven smiles upon you and upon the company of righteous men and women who walk clean before him and who sing Hosanna to his name, who walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, We have just a few minutes left in this broadcast. I'd like to spend this time praying. Would you pray where you are? Almighty God, I come to you with fear and trembling today, recognizing the shallowness of my own heart, recognizing the many times I have put myself at the very center of my heart, and I have made decisions and choices that have reflected my pride, my arrogance, my desire to be number one. I come and repent before you. I am sorry I was wrong. I am not the sinner. Lord Jesus, you are the center. You are the very heart of righteousness and holiness. You've not called your people to be the center of their own hearts. You've called us to walk like you, Jesus, to lay everything on the line for you, to put you first, to make you everything in our hearts that we will not walk in wickedness before you. We will not walk in selfishness, in self-righteousness. Lord, I know you're angry with the apostate church of today. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to share in your judgment that's about to fall upon them. I don't want to be a part of the church where the golden lampstand is taken out of it and the Holy Spirit is removed. Even as I recognize that if your Holy Spirit were totally taken from the American church, more than 90% of everything that's going on would continue unabated and nobody would even notice that the Holy Spirit is gone. And I know, Jesus, you've already removed your Holy Spirit from most churches in America. We have worshipped Donald Trump. We have worshipped the idols of our age. We have declared our politics. And we have our gods that we worship. And we are wrong. And I repent for the American Evangelical Church. Donald Trump is not our Savior. I am not interested in being a part of the red or the blue. I'm interested in being a part of you, Jesus. My eyes are upon you. And as you bring judgment upon America, you will destroy our idols You will confront us with our wickedness. And America will say, why is this happening to us? What have we done protesting our goodness and our innocence before you, God? And it will all be a lie. Almighty God, I ask today by your grace, that right now every person listening would make an absolute vow before your throne that Jesus shall be first, not me, that Jesus will be my Lord and my Savior, that I will no longer make decisions or spend money or go places because it pleases me that only as it pleases you, Jesus. Now, Lord, some don't hear you speak because they're so far away from you and they're so full of their own desires. Lord, I'm asking that you would change this. Lord, break this false religious spirit that permeates the American church. Speak to us, O Jesus, by your spirit and bring conviction and bring change. Lord, for some it will mean they must stop sitting at home watching something on television or the Internet. And it may mean that they must simply lay on their faces and pray that you will guide them, that you will open for them a church where they can go, where they can be found in your presence. Lord, some need to repent of establishing their own little family place and being content. that that's all they need. Lord, if there's no evangelism, there is no church. If there is no witness for you, Jesus, there is no church. If there is not any inclusion of sinners and broken and poor and needy, there is no church. Lord, by the very nature of your body, there must be the broken and the hurt. There must be those who need the healing of your spirit. Lord, that's the joy of your church, that daily those who should be saved should be brought into the church. Oh, Lord, my heart has no pleasure in giving this message today. I have no pleasure in hurting any person. But, Lord... Somewhere this straight word has to be spoken. And we must recognize how we have sinned against you. Without self-righteousness, without turning to the left or to the right, we must come to you, Jesus. And you must be the very center of our hearts. that we could be ready for you when you come in glory to redeem a people to yourself. I don't know when you're coming, but I see by the signs that it's very near at hand. Come, Lord Jesus, and heal your people today. Guide our footsteps to a place where we can worship. Guide our hearts to your heart where we can rest. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. This message will be posted This afternoon or this evening, you can go to NationalPrayerChapel.com and you'll find this message. You can write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That is National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I thank each one of you who is already giving to cover this month's radio broadcast. I am only here by the grace of Jesus Christ as he moves in the hearts of his people to give. Pray with me. I believe this message needs to go across America to confront this nation by establishing a standard of righteousness, by confronting sin, by calling God's people to repentance. I'm waiting for the Lord to open the way that we could do that. In the meantime, there is at NationalPrayerChapel.com, a link to a new internet radio station that Brother Ed Pugh is working on. You can go there and listen now. It's at RevivalNow.Church. You can also give online at NationalPrayerChapel.com. And if you need a place to worship, you are welcome to come to the National Prayer Chapel. It's not for entertainment. It is to get right with Jesus. It is to be filled with the Spirit of God. It is to bear witness that Jesus is your Lord. And you're welcome to come. You can go again to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and there you will find our address. We meet at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. We finish at noon, and then we have lunch together. You're welcome to come. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling
1: and to you Before the presence of his glory